You're listening to Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World with Father Anthony Mesa, where we explore ways to encourage and equip the local Orthodox Church. Let's get started. Welcome back to a very special episode of the Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World podcast, where as you can see, I'm joined by two very distinguished guests today, none other than uh, Father Timothy and Father Abraham. Uh, Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's great to all be here together. And the reason we've assembled this, you know, Holy Council of Priests here today (laughs) um, is to answer a question that um, I'm getting a lot right now, um, and I'm sure you uh, fathers are getting as well. And it's something that every year as we we start Lent, um, it's what book should I read? And give me book recommendations. And people want to know you know, which book should I read and which book is, is the book that, you know, I should focus on during this, this time. Um, and we pay a lot of attention to the subject. So today, you're going to get a chance to hear not just um, from me, but from the other fathers um, on this subject as well. And I just, but I just want to give one little intro before we get into it, and then we'll ask the fathers to share um, some recommendations. My philosophy when it comes to reading books, if anyone who knows me knows I'm a big fan of reading, and I believe reading is, is one of the most important things that you'll do, not just for spiritual, but just for life, okay, for keep your mind fresh, okay, it's, it's, it's a super important habit to get into, but I am a fan of volume and variety. What I mean by that is I don't think there's one book out there that everyone's going to like, which is why we wanted the three of us to do this together. And I kind of think of it like food, like some people like Italian food, some people like French food, some people like Mexican food. If you're like me, you like Marianne food. Okay, that's my wife's food. That's, that's kind of what I like. What matters in the end is that you eat. Okay, but we don't have to have all the same, all have the same taste. So same when it comes to books, we will share about books that have touched us. But I want, you know, our listeners to focus less on like, which is the right book and making sure and, and sometimes you know, I know we can spend, you know, hours or days or weeks, you know, figuring out which book it is that I'm supposed to read. And I'm, I'm a fan of just start reading. You know, I always on my nightstand have a stack of books. Like I buy books faster than I can read them because I always want to have something there if I'm in the mood for this or if I feel like this topic or whatever it is and I move from one to the next and I jump around, I'd rather always be reading and go for volume and variety versus focus on just, you know, what is that one right book, Okay. So with that as our, our, our kind of ground rules here, we'll each share, but again, there's not one book and you may disagree with our selection or you may like something different. So just important thing is start to have. Okay. And I'll, I'll even add, Abuna, before we even start with the recommendations, I think it's actually important to not feel like you're locked in once you start a book. You could start a book that we're going to recommend here today and you might hate it. Just, you know, shut it and get another book. Um, don't feel like you have to finish a book just because you started. I know a lot of us that are like perfectionist mentality, we like to finish things all the way through. I don't believe in the philosophy of like finishing a book. Like feel free to drop it and just pick something else up mm-hmm. uh, as well. And that's a subject that we've discussed um, kind of internally is, is do you have to finish a book that you started reading? <laughs> Father Timothy has convinced me that you don't, just because you start a book doesn't mean you have to finish it. And, and you know what? That thought is so freeing. Because I actually heard this one time a long time ago. Someone said that most books aren't worth finishing. What, what he was saying is, is that most you know, people writing a book, within the first 80%, they kind of get the majority of their stuff out there. And then, so what, what you find is you're, you're trudging to try to finish the book. 
for what? You know what I mean? There's no sense. So thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, with that said, let's jump in. Uh, <clears throat> Abraham. Okay, I'll ask you both the same question. Father Abraham, we'll start with you. Tell us, why do you think reading is so important to one's spiritual life, and spiritual growth, especially during a time like Lent? Father Abraham. Sure, I think that, you know, it's so important. Even St. Paul mentioned to Timothy, give attention to reading. It's so important. Even in, in 1 Timothy 4, it, it talks about give attention to reading, exhortation. And it goes into, it's because progress will be made, it'll be made evident to all. And I, I love that because like you, both of you have been saying, like reading expands our mind, expands our, our understanding. It grows us, it builds us. And um, I, I just want to kind of make a side note, like reading other spiritual books, of course, doesn't mean we neglect the Bible because sometimes I know people who just kind of just read, 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 and they're just, they can, they can clean book after book. And then we say, okay, what did you read in the Bible lately? And it's nothing. So what we're going to say today to everyone out there is reading is so important, especially the word of God. But in addition to that, imagine the time wasted we can use to build ourselves up. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times you read a book and said, I need to grab that for my spiritual life. I need to grab that for just my normal life. Right. So uh, reading and expanding our time, especially Great Lent. You know why Great Lent, Great Lent is a really important time is because actually we're giving attention finally to reading like all throughout the year maybe we didn't give attention but now finally we gave attention um you never know what that book can do to grow to build to expand oneself so those are just some quick things right there mm -hmm. that's excellent that's excellent father timothy what do you think about the subject yeah i think everything abuna said and, and also what i would add even onto that is um I, I to me reading is like a time to just like take a step back and again, refocus and invest in my relationship with God in a different way. Um, because I truly think that, at least for me, through reading, you can encounter God and be in the presence of God through reading spiritual books. Um, and it's a chance to encounter God in just a slightly different way. Um, I, reading is kind of like, uh, if you're reading like a historical book, for example, it's like you're time traveling, like you're really invested in your focus and you're kind of forgetting everything else about the day. Um, and that's really what Lent is all about, like for us to kind of just put everything else to the side and really focus and devote ourselves back to God and refocus and re-energize. Um, and to me, reading is like the perfect way to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that time travel piece of it, I like that. You know, I read it one time that's saying, you know, it's how you can establish mentors who you don't even know. So, you know, uh, I can be mentored by St. Athanasius by reading his books. And I can be mentored by Pope Shenouda by reading his books. You may never meet the person. The person may have passed away years ago, but you can be, you know, discipled under their feet by reading what they have to say. And, you know, we had a book club about that recent book that was written by, about Pope Carolos. And it talked about how he was discipled by St. Isaac the Syrian yeah. just by reading his books. You know, he never yeah. met him, was someone, yeah. you know, centuries before. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. I'll throw one thing into that of, of why, you know, I think this habit is so important during, especially during a time like Lent, because oftentimes when we focus on, Lent, we think about Lent, we think about what we're going to not do, what we're going to stop doing, which is good. But I'm telling you, that's only 50% of the equation. And if, if all we do during Lent is remove stuff and we don't add in good stuff or a better word that I like to use is we don't look to remove, we look to replace then I'm telling you, we're, gonna, we're actually going to do ourselves more harm than good. And I looked to the parable that Jesus told about how the, the, the house with ha which had the evil spirit, 
And then the man got rid of the evil spirit, swept it, and put it in order, but he didn't fill his house. Seven demons more wicked came back in that place. So if you say to yourself, I'm not going to watch TV, I'm not going to you know, do, you know, spend time on YouTube or social media during this time, and you just sit there and you leave it empty, I promise you, you're going to end up in a worse place than you started. What the goal would be to replace the bad habit with a good habit, nothing better um, than reading, okay? So enough of an intro. Did you want to say something, Father Abraham? I just, you made me think about something. I've learned that this time when we start reading and we're, we're going to promote reading, I think it's not just for Great Lent. I think let's build this habit as a way of life. So when we talk to everybody out there today and we're going to share our books, this is just not really a one-time thing. We want to build good, long-lasting habits that will take us onward. So we want you to get excited about reading. And uh, it can be a small book, a big book. It doesn't have to be like a huge textbook. But at yeah. the end of the day, just the habit of reading is a way of life. Mm -hmm. And that goes to the point of why you should read variety. Because the most important thing that you can develop is not finding the right book to read, but developing a love for reading and the habit and reading, you know, this book and then that book and then that book. But my fear is always if I tell someone this is the book and no, that doesn't do it for me. No, there's all kinds of variety. We may not have the same taste, but like Father Abraham is saying, the habit of reading, that's that's the best thing. Okay. So enough with the intro, guys. Like enough when people are here, they want they want book recommendations. Okay, so uh, Father Abraham, why don't you uh, share with us one book that's touched you and give a brief synopsis of the book and maybe, you know, some lessons that you've learned from it. Sure. Um, actually, a friend of mine just recently, was last week or the week before I met with him, he kept talking about this book. It was amazing. And I said, okay, which books? I ordered it the next day. And of course, Amazon Prime, you get it the next day, literally the next day. So uh, it's called When You Pray. All right. It's, uh, it's a book about Prayer, you say, well, I read enough books about prayer. That's enough for me. What can I learn new? It's by uh, L. Joseph Lentendre, right? There's his name right there. Um, and the good thing about this book, number one, Abuna, is it's small. <laughs> <laughs> we like those. Yeah, so it's not, it's not intimidating. And what I love about it is it makes you feel <laughs> that even if you fail at the commitment to pray, this book kind of takes the burden off saying, just pray when you can. That's kind of the, the main focus. Pray when you can. And pray as you can. And, um, you, you know, a mother who has a newborn baby should pray as a mother with a newborn baby. She's not expected to pray like a monk in the monastery. So it's kind of not giving you the free way to say don't pray at all or just do whatever. But whoever you are at your level, pray as you can. You know, and I think that that kind of, and it, by the way, it goes into so many different types of prayer. You know, prayer, the Psalms, prayer, the gospel, pray of others, pray frequently, pray faithfully, pray attentively. It really reminds us of how to pray, but taking the burden off, like saying that it has to be in huge chunks. And one of the things I really love is pray slowly, attentively, and um, you're in the presence of God and pray as you can. If you are nursing a newborn baby, maybe you don't have that morning quiet time like you used to, but maybe it's when the baby's asleep. So pray as you can. If you're working long hours, pray as you can. Like find the time you can pray and pray. And it's not a, a, a burden to feel like you failed. It's not you failed. It just So I really like that the book reminds us of all the beauty of prayer, pray, praying slowly, praying attentively, praying in the presence of God, but at the same time, not making you feel guilty that you didn't do it. And I mm -hmm. think that it's a small book. It's 
um, really just it's 62 pages. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really, it's, it, I finished already because it was just, it went like, you can read it really quickly because it's, and I want to read it again just to make sure I, I captured all the things, but it's, uh, it's inspiring and encouraging for the Great Lent to remind you of the importance of prayer, which we all know already, but to make you not feel guilty if you didn't pray, mm-hmm. pray as you can. I love which that. Is, which is so important that w- when we, again, focus on fasting, fasting is only, it's not even half, it's a third of the equation. So I think that's a, that's a great recommendation. Um, and I've read that book too. And yeah, it is a simple read and strongly recommend that book. Yeah. And I actually, to, to go on, on, on what Abuna was saying, I love that so much because often we get questions of like, well, how do I pray? Like, am I doing it wrong? Like all these things. And I love kind of what you said, Abuna, like the simplicity of it. Like you're in the presence of God, pray slowly, take your time and pray as you can. I love that because that's what prayer is. Like we're just talking with our heavenly father um, so we don't need to overcomplicate it, but we also, like you said, Abuna, still pray as you can. It's not like a cop-out, but at the same time, it's, it's simple, which I love so much. <clears throat> there was something that reminded me of Abuna. Uh, the book was talking about in the first two weeks of January. Most of the people are in the gym because it's like, you know, the New Year's resolution and we got to right. get in there. So the, the, the real weightlifters, the book was saying, don't go to the third week. I know the first two <laughs> weeks, don't go in. But the third week, you go in because you know that Hey, those guys gave up already. They tried to do their mm-hmm. their New Year's resolution, didn't work. So by the third week, all the professional weightlifters, like myself, of course, we go in the third week, <laughs> and we know. And I think the same as prayer. Like, we try to carry too much. I want to do this. I want to be like this monk. I want to be. And we we try so much. After a few weeks, we're like, I can't do this. Pray mm-hmm. as you can, not as you want. Father Thomas Hopko said that. Pray as you can, not as you want. We want to do this. We want to do that, but as you can and start from that step and, and grow it step by step so mm-hmm. the book really inspires about that mm-hmm. awesome. we're always looking to sprint to the finish line and yeah but this thing is, is a marathon so that's a beautiful reminder um father timothy you got a uh, a book you can tell us about yeah i think every time i recommend a book it's usually c.s lewis so people think i only read c.s lewis which is not true i i am definitely biased uh, when it comes to his writings i think he's phenomenal um, the book I, I recommend, uh, it's, it's a fictional book. It's called Screwtape Letters, and some of you may have read it. I've reread uh, a lot of his books multiple times, including this one. Um, benefit I have is I have a terrible memory, so I can open up any book, and it's like I'm reading it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a gift that God has given me. Um, but Screwtape Letters is basically a fictional book about um, this guy named Screwtape, um, and uh, basically he has, there's basically like a, a head, like demon guy and like a junior demon guy. And the junior demon guy is trying to tempt someone on earth, like a human being on earth. Um, and they're writing letters back and forth about how to do that. Um, so it's, first of all, it's funny. Like some of it is funny and it's meant to be written that way. Um, and second of all, you really gain some like things that you kind of knew, but didn't really know how to articulate it, which is usually the theme with C.S. Lewis. That's like, oh, that is true. That does happen to me. Oh, that, that makes more sense. Maybe I should look at it this way. Um, and that's what he makes you do like throughout the book is um, looking at like the patient specifically and like what he's going through in his life. And it's very relatable. Like it's a lot of stuff that we all go through. Um, so that's what I love about the book. It's, it's practical. Um, it's funny. And uh, it really does make you think and, and helps you kind of articulate thoughts and things you've thought before that you didn't really know how to articulate them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my, uh, my book recommendation is uh, Screwtape Letters uh, by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And actually, I, I read the book, 
And actually I saw the play. I don't know if you have you seen the play. I have seen the play. It plays fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That, that's one of those ones where, you know, usually the, the movie's never as good as the book. I think the play actually brings the book to life in, in it's, a, it's a fantastic story, as you said, and it makes you think like, wait a minute, because if, if this is what the devil is thinking, it's almost like, wait a minute, he, he's inside our heads in ways that we, we, we never realized it. So yeah, it's a, it's a great book. Yeah. By the way, the, the, the book that I, well, I was talking about when you, when you pray is they quoted C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters in it. And they were oh, saying really? that the, the devil uses one thing like sabotaging prayer by making you feel like, I don't feel like praying, the feeling part. And that's part of the, the, the devil that, that the demon doesn't want you just to stop praying. It's going to make you the feeling of not praying and not wanting to pray. And so I thought that that was interesting. Definitely the, the, the devil tries different ways to stop us praying, not just like the obvious ones, the not so obvious ones. So I thought that was a good link. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. The, the reason I love that book so much is it's basically like watching someone through their spiritual journey and like the different temptations that they're faced with. And you're like, Oh wait, that happens to me too. <laughs> and like, and it's so practical. Um, so like what you said, Abuna, about that, like prayer and the emotions and the feelings and all that stuff, we all have been there with, with all that. So. Okay. And since we're on the theme of prayer here, apparently, okay, we didn't discuss these books in advance, but the book that I was going to share is also a book about prayer and it's called beginning to pray uh, by Anthony Bloom. And this is a fantastic book about prayer, okay? It goes into the category, as Father Abraham was saying, of book that's so deep, but so simple. And it says on the bottom by Anthony Bloom, and when I first read it, I didn't realize that it's Metropolitan Anthony Bloom who wrote it. But when you're reading this book, I don't know if either of you fathers have read it, you feel like you're reading a book of someone who's just starting to pray, meaning he's talking about very simple advice and very simple tips but then by the time you get to the end of it, you realize he's also, he's at the same time so simple, yet so deep about this subject. And that's the beauty of it, is that you have a metropolitan who's talking as if like, you know, um, you know he's just, it, how we can take baby steps in this area. So to me, this book is one that I've read several times. And, and there's one quote, I won't give away too much about it, but there's one quote that's on the back cover that sticks out to me always. And he talks about God's absence. And he says that the day when God is absent, when God is silent, that is the beginning of prayer. And and what what he means by that, he talks about how prayer is a relationship. It's not a task. It's not just like, did you pray? Check, 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 check. He focuses more, like we oftentimes talk about like a rule of prayer. And he emphasizes it's the rule is the 10%. The prayer is 90. Whereas we focus the opposite. I did the rule and I did the rule. Did you pray? I don't know, but I did the rule. You know, the rule is, 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 is a minute piece of it. It's the prayer piece, the quality piece versus just the quantity. And what he's saying is, is that entering in God's presence in true prayer, okay, sometimes we just rush, 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 rush. And then we feel like, wait, where's God? And God isn't here. He says, that's the beginning of prayer. To realize that it's not about, about saying words. It's about connecting with God. So once you've like, wait, where is God? And I don't feel <clears> God's <throat> presence. Now you can begin to pray. That's why he calls it beginning to pray. Um, because you focus on truly seeking him as a person versus just going through the motions, okay? And he's, with that said, okay, he's not focusing on the motions, but he gives very practical ways to help you with the motions, okay? And one of the things that I, I, I wrote down from this, like whenever I read a book, I try to write lessons learned. 
He talks about how first thing you do is something that I, I started you know, several years ago after I read this book, and I still do it to this day. First thing you do in the morning, the first thing you do is you thank God for the day. And that's something that I try to incorporate. As soon as I get up, okay, and I, you know, I get up and I'm groggy and I got to go to the bathroom as quick as I can, but I get up and I pause in front of the cross and I just I say a short prayer like, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Or I'll say, holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal. You know, something like that, just something short, four seconds, okay? And then, you know, you begin your day and then he says, you go back to God with two convictions, okay? And the two convictions are, you are God's own, you are God's beloved, you are his sheep. And then number two, this day belongs to God. Okay? I don't know if those are the words he used or that's just what I wrote in my notes. Probably that's my own. And he says, I am God's and this day is God's. And then you walk through the day and you trust that everything that happens to you throughout the day is a gift from God. Whether it's bitter, whether it's sweet, whether it's what you wanted, whether you didn't want, you trust that God is with you. Okay, I am God's and this day belongs to God. And therefore, I'm not just wandering aimlessly through this day, but God is with me. So I highly recommend this book, okay, to anyone who is looking for um, something to read this length. We've given you three good options right there, but that's my pick. I don't know, Father, either of you read that book or have any thoughts on that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. And I'm actually, the, the, the chapter that sticks out to me again with my terrible memory, but the chapter that sticks out to me when I've read in the past is that absence of God. Yeah. Um, and he sometimes says that like the absence of God is like a gift. That God isn't, you know, is actually like absent from us at times, because if he was present, it would be a lot more like it would be very yep. difficult for us yeah. um, to stand before God in prayer, um, which you would never think about that. You know, you would never even like, ha like have that idea in your mind. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so what I love about the book, of Buddha, like you mentioned, is is both very simple, but there's also like a lot of wisdom and depth. Um, and it's kind of the combination of it shows you kind of like the person who's really like an expert in prayer. It doesn't need to be super complicated, mm -hmm. um, but it's just like consistent and, and simple. And, and with that comes depth and wisdom from God, of course. Absolutely. And, you, and you find also when those who know, really pray are the ones who can say it simply to people. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. if the people who talk about prayer, like in a preaching mode, but have never really tasted the fruits of it, mm -hmm. can't really put it into words. So when you said beginning to pray, Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, that makes <laughs> sense to me. Someone who... who yeah has done it himself, not just writing this book, but he's tasted, he's lived it, and he's able to kind of articulate it and, and share it with people in a very simple way. So that's, yeah, that's really important. Absolutely. I mean, I, as soon as I saw it, it was written by someone named Anthony. I'm like, that's, that's a winner. Oh, right there. Another father, Anthony. <laughs> Anyone who's, yeah, I mean, that, that's an easy way. So, okay. Uh, our time is almost up here. Um, fathers, any final thoughts or comments to our listeners who aren't in the habit of reading regularly or don't know where to go from here? Uh, Father Timothy, why don't you start us here? Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say think about it in terms of like, uh, I know Buna mentioned like working out before, and I'm definitely not the expert in here. I, I would go into preaching mode about working out, not from experience. Um, but it is kind of like that, where it's like a struggle in the beginning, but the more often you do it, the like you see the benefits truly in your life. Um, and for me, when there's seasons where I have, I'm consistent in my reading, it's night and day between seasons where there isn't consistent reading. Um, so try to, you know, pick something, maybe something small, like Abuna mentioned in the beginning, like something small that can help you in reading a topic that you want to read about something that's interesting to you. Um, and then if, if, it, you know, you think it'll be beneficial, maybe, uh, ask somebody to read it with you, like a friend or something, um, that could be a, a good way to encourage uh, each other to, to read during this time. So, okay, great. 
Father Abraham? There's a nice story that they illustrate in the, this book about a, a farmer who goes into a church and he goes in the morning and he prays and then he goes in the evening and he prays. And um, the priest sees him in the morning and he smiles at the farmer and the farmer smiles back. Both are very happy. Evening comes, same thing. Farmer comes in the church, smiles at the priest, the priest smiles back. No words need to be said, but they're both very happy. And uh, it goes on to say, that's how we need to be in the presence of God. We sit in the presence of God quietly, you know, just that's, that's the main thing. Like we're, we're not just encouraging reading, we're encouraging being in the presence of God. And mm -hmm. in there, you may have some time to pray your prayer book from the Psalms. You might have time, the Bible, you might have time for a book, but the main thing is we're before God and we're, we're growing ourselves. And it doesn't have to be, I, like you said earlier, I don't have to just feel, okay, I, chapter one, chapter two, I finished, I finished the book. Let me tell someone I finished the book and, and, and it looks like I'm accomplishing something. It's not about that. Mm -hmm. It's just that farmer who goes into the church sitting before God, that simple person sitting before God and receiving from God and talking to God. And maybe there's time of reading, maybe there's time of prayer, but at the end of the day, you're in front of, front of God and smile comes and you're mm -hmm. content and happy. And that's what reading can also join in that time with God in, in his presence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great advice. Yeah. And if I had to kind of wrap this thing up and give one, one thought is I would just say, start the habit, start the habit. And I used to think in terms of, you know, how many books can I read this year? And I want to read, you know, 30 books this year. And I got rid of that because that quantity focus, no good. Start the habit. And for me, my, my measure of success is not how many books do I read, but how much, if I can do it daily. And I'm telling you, the habit of just spending, shutting the TV off, shutting the phone off, and just spend 15 minutes a day in reading, that if we can get, just get started in that habit, reading I think it'll benefit you in ways that, that you don't even see right now. Just like getting in the gym for 15, maybe not 15 minutes, but maybe 30 minutes a day, you know, will help us to look like Father Abraham one day. <laughs> so just, just start the habit, okay? So um, that's all we got. Uh, Father Timothy, Father Abraham, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We appreciate thank you. all the thank you. wisdom. And thank you to all of our listeners here today. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, we pray that you have a blessed Lent. Hopefully we'll see you back for the next episode. Thanks, everyone. To listen to previous episodes or access all of our free resources, join the community at sdsaministries.org.